Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for waking us this morning. Now help us awake our souls with your words through the Holy Spirit so that we can sing of your faithfulness among the people and bless your holy name all day long. In the precious name of our Savior and Shepherd Jesus, we all pray. Amen. Before we read today's text in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2 to 10, let me ask you a question. What is your picture of a great Christian life and ministry? What is your picture of a great Christian life and ministry? Because we will uh, read an actual story of a, such a faithful Christian life today. So now let me read a Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2 to 10. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploded no one. I do not say this to condemn you. I have said before that you have such a place in our hearts that we would live or die with you. I have spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged in all our troubles. My joy knows no bounds. For when we came to, into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we are har uh, harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God who comforts the downcast comforted us by coming of Titus, and not only by the coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Even if I caused, my, your, uh, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. So what is your image of what successful Christian life ought to look like? Do you have in the back of your mind a picture of a person who's go through life in perfect faith and trust, obedient to God in everything, never afraid of what may lie in wait around the next corner, always rejoicing even in adversary? If we think a Christian life is a smooth sail of a constant praise, celebration of a love, and divine affirmation all the time, in other words, sunshine from heaven all day long, we need to read today's text carefully. While I was reading Paul's second letter to Corinthians, I often felt very vindicated about my own Christian pastoral ministry and life, because here is Paul, the greatest Christian apostle, 
In my case, I'm named after God. And his ministry and life did not, did not seem a smooth sail and seamless progress at all. Reading Paul's revelation of his life, especially his interior life, in today's passage, actually made me chuckle. Didn't Apostle Paul himself tell us to rejoice all the time, praise God without ceasing, give thanks in everything? Didn't he say in his famous passage in Philippians 4 that we should have no anxiety about everything, but should commit it all to God by praying with thanksgiving? Today's passage shows me Paul had anxiety, even a little bit of depression, and he was worried and struggled with other people's response or reaction to him. Look at the first five. For when we, when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we are harassed at every turn. Conflict on the outside, fears within. Did you hear the conflicts on the outside, fears within? What about verse 8? Even if I cause you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret. And then, little bit, then right away he said, though I did regret it. Paul seemed here almost a bipolar. He appeared to be resolute, yet regretting. All this reveals to me that he was a hard outside, but soft inside. Yeah, I think he's a softy in his core. That's what love makes us. Yes, that's what love does to us. Love of God makes us softy with the people, the difficult people, that God led us to care for and serve. Paul was anxious about his last confrontation with the Corinthians or to Corinthians through his harsh letter of sorrow. Unlike today, there was no texting, no email, no phone, not even telegraph. He did not know how unruly Corinthians were reacting. He only heard rumor about their sorrow or negative reactions so far. That's why he sent Titus and was anxiously waiting for him, his return. And finally, Paul met Titus in Macedonia, an area north of Corinth. And Titus brought the good news that Paul's hard letter led some of the Corinthians, many of them, not just sorrow, but ultimately to repentance. And Paul was relieved. He says the joy is greater than ever. I bet Paul shouted hallelujah many times when he heard from Titus about the change of a heart and the change and repentance about Corinthians. And then Paul gave us another theological treasure and spiritual gem in verse 10. Verse 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Worldly sorrow brings death. Paul said there are, there are good sorrow and bad sorrow. Good sorrow is a godly sorrow that leads, leads us to repentance. But bad sorrow is a worldly sorrow that leads us to death. Repentance, that godly sorrow leads us, 
means change of a mind. It means realigning our life once again with God's purpose and God's will, good will. Whereas some sorrows is a negative. Paul called it worldly sorrow that brings nothing but ongoing regretting and ultimately alienation from God, the source of life and love, so eventually death. But some sorrows, Paul called it godly sorrow, good sorrow, brings us closer to God's heart and love. So what we learn from this statement of Apostle Paul, not all sorrows are negative and evil to avoid. Sorrows can be good and productive. If we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the source of our sorrow and His healing of our soul through them, godly sorrow is a tool of the Holy Spirit bring us and our loved ones to repentance and transformation. Godly sorrows are better than any worldly joys. Rather than just welcoming joys and happiness carelessly, let us screen and carefully check our emotions and our heart. Let us ask the Holy Spirit, sort out our feelings, especially uneasy feelings from time to time, and try to hear His whispering in them and through them. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, help us, help us to discern our sorrows and our pains and our griefs. You are Emmanuel, God with us. Even in our grief, you are Emmanuel. There is nothing in this world, even sorrow, can separate us from you. Love is not easy, Father, just as Apostle Paul struggled. We also struggle in love. Even with the ones that you place in our hearts and life, sometimes do not behave the way that we expected, and that sometimes they make us regret. Sometimes they make us, they make us really sad. But Lord, we know from Apostle Paul's life and confession that loving those people in our life with a prayer and vulnerability is worth. Because at the end, you are with us. You are God of love. You understand our heart. And you bring us together through the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, as we leave this Monday, help each one of us to really, really remember how much you loved us and your love makes us strong and persistent in this muddy, sometimes very, very messy relationship with others. Help us, Lord with your comfort that really, really help us to focus on nothing but you and your glorious name. In precious name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen.